0: Coming up,
1: And that's when she started asking more and more questions about, this seems like a really big deal. And, and she, you know, has been here for more than two decades. And, and she said she had never heard about anything like that.
0: For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Between 1919 and 1926... A serial killer known as the Night Marauder was at large in the Knoxville, Tennessee area.
1: 40 people killed or assaulted within a seven-year period in Knoxville, Alcoa, and Maryville.
0: To this day, he remains unidentified. And until recently, the case was largely forgotten. Amelia Young, reporter with WBIR Knoxville, Tennessee. You recently reported a fascinating story on a college professor in the area who's putting a spotlight back on the Night Marauder case. But before we get to that, tell us about. This serial killer known as the Night Marauder. What happened back in the 1920s?
1: Yeah, so it's really interesting. Back in, you know, like you said, 1919 and 1926, there were more than 40 murders that happened in the Knoxville area and then in our neighboring county of Blount County, in Maryville and Alcoa. And there were a couple of those cases that were even outside of those lines, too. So between all these years, there was um, a serial killer that was going around. Usually at night, um, to homes that weren't lit, and leaving behind either he would murder people or he would assault people. And it, it became something that was terrifying people. Um, you know, the news spread to Atlanta and Pittsburgh and just far beyond just Tennessee. And at that time, that's pretty big just because of how far it spread. But um, the, they had a clue of, of who was doing it. But in the end, no one has actually ever been charged for um, all of these murders connected. There were a few people that um, they had connected at the time to one or two, but um, the, I know the the suspect that a lot of people have been pointing fingers at in you know, recent years and even back then um, was charged, went on trial a little bit, and then actually was acquitted and then moved to California. So no one actually ever a named to the night marauder cases.
0: Tell me a little bit about that suspect you mentioned that was put on trial for this? What do we know about him?
1: So when I talked to the professor, she said that the name William Sheffy came up a lot in all of her research. He actually has ties to Maryville College where she teaches. And he is a name... That came up and a ton of articles that she found. And they believe just from her research that he went by other names as well. Um, in the end, after a few years, he was actually arrested on five counts of murders and assaults. And there was a home break in there too, which is obviously very small compared to the 40 murders that happened. But after you know, those trials happened, all of the charges were dismissed, and he he left. And and that's all that she knows about him right now. It's just his name though appears in, in so many articles and in so much research and, and paperwork that she's gotten from um historians. His name's just always there, but it's never truly connected with the night marauder um name.
0: And that leaves us then with an unsolved case, and it's a case that's remained unsolved for about a century now. And as you mentioned, it did receive quite a bit of local attention at the time and even some headlines in in other states around the country. But then it just sort of goes under the radar, unlike a lot of the serial killer stories that we'd see pop up later on in the 20th century.
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, she said all the articles that she has found, you know, largely stop, you know, right after all of that, you know, 26, it doesn't really continue for too many years after that. And and like you said, just at the time, it just, there wasn't enough resources to to keep continuing that. So it kind of definitely faded away.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about this professor who teaches at Maryville College. Her name is Dr. Nancy Lachlan Sofer. And she teaches a class that I'm guessing most of our listeners would love to, to audit. The class is on the history of murder. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, so... To set the scene, Maryville College is tiny. There are just over a thousand students that attend there. So she has a really good relationship with all of her students, which allowed her to be able to create a class like this. Her background is in 18th century French studies, and she had been teaching a class on that. She recently published a book on a murder trial from 1718 during that time in, in France when something big had happened there. And she had worked for a very long time on publishing that book. Um, And this class kind of came out when she was talking to students, just saying, hey, how else can I, you know, pique your interest? Or, you know, what else would you like to know about? And they blatantly asked her, can you teach a class on the history of murder? And I said, do you think you would take a class on the history of murder? And they're like, uh, yeah. Obviously, she, you know, had the the knowledge of what had happened in the 18th century in, in France, but just a whole class on it was a whole new ball game. So her original goal was not to focus, you know, on this one case and make all these connections and just create, you know, a whole, um, you know, just class on that. The goal was just to look at the, the facets of murder and, and justice and hate crimes and how the criminal justice system worked, you know, has progressed and trial law strategies. That was just the original goal. And then she obviously got a little sidetracked, which she was really able just to, um, you know, pick a topic that they wanted to know about, which I think is really, really neat.
0: And it sounds like the class ended up focusing on this Night Marauder case by coincidence. How did Dr. Lachlan Sofer end up stumbling on this case?
1: So she had been researching. She wanted to start locally and pick a case just to examine for a little bit, not a whole semester. But she had found a headline. From you know that time frame of 1919 1926 about Night Marauder in Maryville, um, and she thought that would be really interesting because class is taught there, and you know it's a local case. And so she found a, an archive digitally from this local newspaper's website, but she couldn't continue reading it just because they had not archived all of their papers from that. Um, That time, so she had to go to a local library, um, spent hours the first time looking at microfilm um, of this newspaper from that time frame. And that meant scrolling through the whole roll. There, she found headline after headline about the night marauder 40 people killed or assaulted within a seven year period in Knoxville, Alcoa. And Maryville, and that 's what you know piqued her interest, and that 's when she started asking more and more questions about this seems like a really big deal and and she you know has been here for more than two decades and, and she said she had never heard about anything like that so that 's what really piqued her interest was just seeing that name in the microfilm
0: and you mentioned that she you know started asking a lot of questions but She also started trying to track down records. She started tracking down all kinds of records that that I understand were really hard to get her hands on. And she even tried to get in touch with some descendants of people involved in the case. Where has all of this research taken her?
1: So it's just gotten her now a whole ton of information. She had no idea that she would ever um, be able to get her hands on when she started to talk to people about it. And talk to people in the community. She started it to get connected with historians and, and people who knew about it, who would be able to connect her with somebody else. And one of her um, biggest gets, she said, was actually a historian who's also one of the circuit judges in the area. And he just so happened, which, stroke of luck, just so happened to have on his desk that had been there for, you know, quite some time, she said, just four inches, a four-inch stack of just paper from a, one of the private investigators that was hired to to solve this night marauder case mm. and she she when she told me about that i was like wow that is you know you go searching for something and someone, you know, this judge said it had been sitting there for, he doesn't even know how long collecting dust. And, you know, he, someone had passed it along to him that was, you know, once had a connection to the case. And, um, you know, she found that and there was just so much information there of about what private investigators were looking at. And that's just something, you know, in her class as she came about more information, she would kind of divvy it up and pass it to class members and, and the students and they would go through it, I mean, really at the same time. So as she was learning, students in the class were learning, you know, new things before she even knew them. Um, so that was really the the biggest get of, of information was from that judge. But she also has been Trying to connect with descendants and, and families, she knows some of them are still in the area, um, just to talk to them about what they know about you know their their family members during this time. So she's just you know this has been going on for four months now, and she, there's she still feels like every day is a she finds something else new. So it's it's really really neat uh, class and, and research project she has in her hands.
0: So now with this case being such a huge part of this course, the students are not just learning history, but they're actually trying to answer some questions that have been hanging over the Maryville community for a century. What have some of her students had to say about taking this course and, and piecing together this old case?
1: Her students are so excited. Obviously, you know, they had asked for a course on something and they've gotten something totally different. I know she said a couple of them said this is even better because they didn't realize, you know, just how hands-on it would be and how... Um, you know, connected, they would feel to it just because of all the history behind you know the one suspect with his ties to the college, you know he had ties right there where they are, um, so I mean, just for me, you know, trying to picture myself taking a college class like this, I think i 'd be over the moon, but but these kids are really enjoying everything she said you know they 're emailing her at all times and just waiting all of them, you know not just the students but um, you know, the professor, they're, they're all together just so excited to come to class. And it's not, you know, your typical college class at all. But at the same time, they're, they're learning so much because, you know, she said in this class, they've got just a bunch of different majors, you know, you've got history majors and English literature majors and you know, communication. So they're taking different things, each of them just, you know, of their skill set and using them all together. So it's, it's, it's definitely one that is very hard. I know to, to fall asleep and, you know, many classes you can just doze off, but this one, they are all ready to go pay attention and their assignments. I mean, don't even feel like work at sometimes just because they're you know, hoping to connect more and more as they go.
0: One unfortunate thing that I think often happens with old cases like this, where a story is all but lost to history, is that, you know, the one thing that gets remembered is the killer, or sort of the, the lore of it all. But the reality is that, you know, there's a brutal killer here who took lives and, and destroyed families. And with that in mind, it seems like one of the cool things about what Dr. Lachlan Sofer and her class are doing is that, They're bringing a lot of the the reality of what happened back into the picture. Is that fair to say?
1: Yes. Yes. I know. You know. The focus is you know trying to piece it all together. But I I completely you know agree with what you're saying. It's just looking at these cases, examining them. You know, not having any idea really. You know, having some suspicion about who did it. But you know, you've got. This name, the Night Marauder, um, who's tied to all of this, but the reality of just what has happened and how it terrorized the community here—you um, know—if something like that happened today, obviously it would be handled so much different. But looking back, it's so interesting. Almost a hundred years ago, when all this was happening, it's—it's it's just um, the reality of it and how it was handled is so you know intriguing, not only to our class but also to me and, and so many other people.
0: And I know Dr. Lachlan Sofer has mentioned that she has. Something of an end goal for all of this, aside from solving the case. Tell me about that goal.
1: So throughout the class, um, the assignments have looked, come in the form of just essays and essays about uh, what has been found and how they're progressing through looking through the information and how everything's connecting. And her end goal is not necessarily, you know, at the end of this semester or next semester, but she has a plan to teach this class. She said... You know, her goal once a year, whether that continues this case, which I know I have no doubt that she will have so much interest in this case to continue that. But the end goal is to have all of these students who take this class and look at these cases is to put their work into a book um, and to make it a really big collaboration, uh, you know, of their essays and of their work to talk about, you know, if it ends up being all focused on this case, then that's what it's going to be. It's going to be all the work that went on to, you know, bring to the public, you know, information about this case, because it's something that she had to go to the library and read microfilm. You know, no one, a lot of people are not going to do that, you know, just to get more information since there's really nothing online. So she wants to, you know, raise awareness for that and, and, put their work in a book and just put a little bit more information out into the world about what has happened. And, you know, if in a couple of years they end up solving it, that would be, you know, amazing, but she just wants to put everything into a book and, and their efforts. And then also at the same time, just bring peace to any of the descendants and family members that are out there that have questions or maybe didn't even know just to bring awareness to them about what happened you know 100 years ago
0: i know i'm excited to keep an eye on this and see what comes of it amelia young with wbir knoxville thanks for sharing the story
1: well thanks for having me on
0: And thanks to you for tuning in to another episode of The Daily Crime. If you're interested in chatting about some of these stories with other listeners, you can join our Facebook group. It's called Inside the Crime Vault, where folks come to chat about these stories, stories we cover on our weekly podcast, True Crime Chronicles, and just other true crime stories in general. And if you're interested in checking out some of our other podcasts, like True Crime Chronicles, you can visit vaultstudios.com for more information. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redman.